church, and we, we missed you. And uh, it's good to be back home and uh, be back with our church family. And we, uh, me and Grandpa both appreciate your prayers, your love, your support uh, for us as we travel. So thank you for the, all that, your prayers. And it was been, it's been a great past few weeks. God has been doing some wonderful things. And uh, as you ever were able to see in the video, um, I was given the opportunity to go to Honduras, so I'd like to take a few minutes before me and Grandpa talk about India to just mention a few things that happened in Honduras. I was approached a few weeks before the trip if I would be willing to lead a team to Honduras uh, to lead or to organize a VBS for over 300 kids, which is a lot of kids, and so... Um, I really had to pray about it, and I, I felt God was calling me to go, so I went, and when I got there, everybody that you've seen on the screen talk and uh, share their experiences were working with me on the trip, and I didn't know any of them prior to the trip. Um, I kind of just got there, met my team, and started uh, del delegating things to different people. Uh, April and Vanessa, who were sharing about the VBS, uh, I gave... Uh, April the games, I gave Vanessa the crafts, and I gave the message. And we just had these kids filter in and cycle through the games, crafts, and the message. And the highlight of the trip, as I mentioned in the video, was on the second day, in the midst of the chaos with the kids, uh, between the crafts and the games, these kids are getting wet and just having a great time. But in the midst of all that, I was able to preach the gospel message. I, uh, we were talking on the armor of God that week, and I uh, was talking about the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? And relating with that, I was talking about the shoes of the gospel of peace, and I explained the gospel to the kids, and many of them haven't heard the gospel before. And these kids come from uh, the tribal areas, just from the villages nearby and come in, and so many of them have never heard the gospel before. So just as I said in the video, uh, about 150 kids gave their lives to Jesus that week. Amen. So praise God. Praise God for what he's doing. I could not have done it without God. I could not have done it without your prayers because um, during the week it was just crazy. It was exhausted, exhausting for everyone involved, but it was so good. And I know heaven is rejoicing because of it. And so Honduras was a great and successful trip in that regard. And five days later, I came back, and five days later, me and Grandpa ventured out to India. So it's been an adventurous summer. It's been a really fun summer so far. And I'm going to invite Grandpa up to the platform with me, and we will talk to you about India now at this time. Amen. Thank you, Luke. Amen. Thank you. And I explained to him before he went, you don't just leave five days between countries third world countries overseas, and then hit the next one ready to go. You're supposed to recover, but he did a great job of recovering, and we made it. He got through it, he it. before he got sick. He made it. That was good. Uh, people always ask, well, how was India? And I have one word to answer. It's hot. It's <laughs> it hot. hot. Yep. Um, really, because uh, April and May, going into June, is the hottest. That's their summer. Uh, we stopped school at the end of March, and so what we were going for was the beginning of the new semester, which began June the 1st, and it was a kickoff for 
the new semester starting. And um, we're in a little village called Atarsi. People ask me, where do you go? Atarsi is a primitive village. It's very center of India, north, south, east, west, about 12-hour train ride from either New Delhi or Bombay. It's halfway between the two of them. And uh, when uh, Matthew Thomas's parents got off the train, 1940s, felt God sent them to this village, didn't know the language, uh, started a ministry going, and it is still flourishing today, led by Matthew Thomas, who's been with us here many times. And I've been going with him for about 25 years to India. And uh, as I said, primitive village at that time, it's still primitive, but it's about 180,000 people now. Uh, still, there's no infrastructure, uh, no sewage, uh, just a marketplace downtown. It's very, what's it say, primitive in that sense. And uh, it's, it's glorious to be there. We built a new church. We'll show you some pictures of all the things that are taking place. But as we went to start this new semester, they had a theme for the semester. Put it on the screen. You can see Luke and I there. Uh, flaming the fire of revival. Fanning the flame of revival. Flaming the fire. Getting the fire started for revival. And most of the time that I was there, every sermon, every chapel service was on revival. Beginning to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit be in charge this school year. And I preached on that theme uh, the opening night on the fire. Illustrating with Moses. Met fire at the burning bush for calling his life. Uh, met God at Mount Sinai with a mountain that was on fire while the people were down worshiping a calf, saying, this calf brought us out of Egypt. And uh, God was, was speaking from the fire and uh, that God needed to talk with them. We concluded with Elijah, who was on the mountain, and God answered by fire with the uh, thing. Luke preached a message on that. It was just an exciting, wonderful time. Besides Luke preaching in church, I preach in church, we both preach in chapel, uh, then we had the weekend, uh, the weekdays, I taught the book of Acts. Uh, how many know I do teach a book of Acts, right? And uh, I had to teach a book of Acts. Uh, we were seven days teaching, and uh, would you believe I finished the 28 chapters in seven days? Wow. How did I do that? Because I got up, left home at 8 o'clock in the morning, started teaching, and went through till 1.30 in the afternoon solid. You have for seven days, you've got the number of hours for a semester course. So I finished a course uh, in that one week. Uh, Luke would get, leave at 8 o'clock. No, 6 o'clock. Because he was doing the sports, we're going to show you some slides in a minute. He would do a sports camp. All the teachers in the, in the grade school wanted Luke to come back and do that. And they really liked him. And uh, so they, um, it was so hot, they decided to move the sports camp to start at 6.30 in the morning and go to about 9 or so. Then he'd come back to the house for breakfast. Then he'd go to the orphans and work till 1.30 uh, with devotions. He'll say uh, more about that as the time goes. But we were busy. Uh, as I said, we preached services, uh, preached in the morning. Last Sunday we were there. Both Luke and I preached on Sunday morning and uh, had two messages that day as uh, we were there. It was really a great thing. And uh, as I said, they had him share all of these things. Um, we're going to look at pictures in just a minute, but I'd just like to say personally, thanks, Luke, for going. He was tremendous. Uh, one reason he's tremendous, we get to India, because he's a head taller than everybody else. That's as true. you saw in the picture, even with me, he was a head taller. 
uh, and he smiled the whole time he was there. Uh, they just loved him. The orphans could not leave church. They had to each one, all the girls, all the way, give him a high five on the way out because they loved him so much. It was just exciting. And uh, I thought, I, I just was really shocked and pleased and blessed when uh, Luke began to preach in the church and how God anointed him. And I wanted to share this morning. Luke, why don't you come and, and join me? Uh, we got pictures of church sure. and uh, Seventh-day Theological Seminary, Bible School, Graduate School, House of Hope, which is the orphanage, and the uh, Royal Trinity School, which is a grade school. All the things happening there. Yes, the first picture we'd like to show you is a picture of the entire Bible college there. And we have all the students, undergraduate, uh, MDiv, master's program. And even at this time when we took the picture, there was more students that were coming. So God's very much blessing their ministry there. About 150 um, students enrolled in school there now. Plus 150, yeah. It is wonderful. And me and Grandpa are actually in this picture, but it's kind of like, where's Waldo? So you can't really see. So the next slide, I, I circled where me and Grandpa are. So there we are. We're the only two white people in the picture. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, so now you can see us. We are there. We did go to India. There's proof. Um, and uh, those are all our friends. Yeah, these, um, this is the whole college um, picture that they do every year. So we were uh, able to be a part of that. And it was just great being able to do chapel time with the college students. I was able to interact with them there. And uh, every service, I would see them, so we'd, we'd have fun. But I, uh, I remember one day, uh, Dr. Thomas uh, got an impromptu volleyball game going for us. So we played volleyball. It was the undergraduates versus the higher uh, level students, the MDiv and master's program. And uh, we won, so just saying. I am a head taller than everybody else, so that did help a little bit. Especially uh, the last point when you hit that over. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, they won the first game against me, and I'm like, we're not going to let this happen. So the next game we played, and then um, our team won, and then the last game, it was 9-9, to and I hit it backwards for the game-winning point. I'm not trying to brag. I didn't need to say that, really. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, USA, USA. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But anyway, it was a really fun time with the Bible College students. It was just a time to encourage them and just be a part of what they're doing there. If you can't see it, the girls are kneeling at the front two rows and the boys are about behind them. They go clear from the first floor to the second floor. That's uh, the, what a great bunch of students. A lot of, lot of students. The next picture we have is a picture of Grandpa preaching. Uh, he is in midpoint. He's like punching the air. You know, he's like trying to really drive it home. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this about Grandpa's preaching. He preached right when we got there about revival, and he pro preached uh, the same message he did here on the remnant of the oil with the leper. And he over there is just, even here, is a tremendous preacher. But when he gets to India, there's just something about him. There's this fire, there's this passion, and the people love him over there. Uh, I know you guys love him here, but over there he is respected, and everywhere he goes he is He's, yeah, he's very respected and liked. That's our interpreter. His name is Samson doing the interpreting. He's very strong. And uh, it, was, uh, it was just a really good time being able to preach with Grandpa. The next slide is actually a picture of me and Grandpa together in the church. See how uh, he's a head taller than I am? Head taller than everybody. Um, and so uh, the church has two stories. Uh, I believe it fits 
uh, seats about five, six hundred people. Huge, huge place for a small town, just a great building they have. And uh, it was just an honor. As Grandpa mentioned, that day me and him both preached. And what, what, what a legacy. I mean, I am just so blessed to be able to go with Grandpa and then to also preach with him. That's just a testament to God's faithfulness and goodness. So Amen. praise God for that opportunity. Amen. Great. It was great. Amen. Anything else you want to say, Grandpa, about preaching? Or? No, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> Luke, okay. Did, Luke did a good job. I'll say okay. That. Well, that's, that's all I wanted to hear. Okay, cool. Uh, just joking. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, the next picture is a picture of the school building, Royal Trinity School. This is where I spent my mornings with the kids. Um, great building. I mean, this is a phenomenal institution, building for a primitive town. As Grandpa Brand mentioned. new, 39 classrooms. It's going to be uh, kindergarten through 12th grade when they finish. It is amazing it's what's amazing. being done. Um, just, it's great for the church, it's great for Dr. Thomas and the ministry, it's, it's, it's a great school, and I was able to be a part of what they're doing there in the summer camp, which is the next slide of me playing with the kids, we're playing Duck, Duck, Goose, so I'm tapping their heads, um, and it was, it was a really fun week, just to play with them, um, in fact, actually, Dr. Thomas said, when we were meeting before the trip to go over plans in the itinerary, he said I would have 300 kids there. But that didn't happen. There was a 300 kids enrolled in the school, but only 15 kids showed up for summer camp. So that was, I dodged another bullet there. So that, that would have just been crazy to go from Honduras to here with 300. But this was really intimate. I got to know these kids, and I gave them candy. I gave them toys. And it was just, it was so much fun just to bless them. And these kids are from uh, the town of Vitarsi, of course, but they're not from the church necessarily. Uh, most of them are Hindu or Muslim background, so it was just, it was great to just love on them that week. Amen. Um, the next slide we have is a picture of the House of Hope building. This is uh, the building for the orphans that they have. Uh, right now they have about 71 was the number they had for the orphans. And these kids are amazing. I just, yeah. just love on them when I'm there. I let them know of the love of the Heavenly Father that they have because the situations, and Stephen, if you just want to kind of do a slideshow of some of the kids I took, um, these are some of the girls that are there, and these kids are great. Oh, yeah, she's doing something goofy with her eyes, but uh, <laughs> they come from situations that no, no child should ever be a part of, whether that's child abuse or um, just horrific situations, sex trafficking. Uh, it's just a terrible situation. So for them to come here to be in the safe environment in part of the church, it is, it is terrific. And those are the boys. It is crazy. I love these guys. We had a lot of fun this week. Um, I, uh, I, every day I would have game time, then we would do song time, and then I would do a message. And uh, I think there's one more picture. Yes, us dabbing. I, okay, we were playing Simon Says. They were doing everything I was doing, so I just decided just to dab, do a little dance moves, and they, they copied me, so we took a picture. So there you go. I hope some of you are encouraged by that. Um, Grandpa, is there anything you want to say about House of Hope or the orphanage? Yeah, I, I'd like to just uh, really request prayer for the ministry. Uh, when I was there before, we had almost 200 in the orphanage. As you said, 71 now. Uh, there is persecution going on like you would not believe against every 
uh, mission, taking care of children. I think uh, what uh, Compassion International is totally out of India now. All their orphanages were shut down. Uh, while Matthew Thomas was gone, somebody came to, to the orphanage, said they were from the government, and offered a year's salary to the parents of any child that they would sell them to, or they would take. And these people didn't know it was a fraud, and they took, I don't know, uh, girls primarily. All the older girls. All the, old, the older girls are in sex trafficking right now. Matthew Thomas is in the process of paying for each of the younger kids to get them back and then he would become the guardian for them on through their life. And they would be like taken into his family so they can't take him away from him again. So he's in that process now. And it is one serious thing. Pray for the nation. Election is coming up right now. One party is totally out of the picture, not going to win. The other two parties are both anti-Christian, and both of the uh, persons that are running are, have sworn to pass laws to e eliminate every Christian by the year 2020 in the land of India. I'm requesting prayer for India that God would send a revival and yes. turn the hand of the enemy away from that. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Join me in prayer. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think uh, it's, it's, it's a huge issue because uh, there's, there's over a billion people in India. It's, uh, it's very overpopulated in some areas. So the fact that 2% uh, of the country is Christian is, is, is a bigger deal. It's growing. But the persecution is, is just having people be martyred and killed. And it's just, we just need prayer for India uh, because there's a lot of churches there. There's a lot of good works. And God's, God's going God's gonna to see that through. It, it's not going to be done in 2020. That's just man's, man's plans. But God, God has a bigger plan for India. Amen? Amen. So, yeah, you can answer. Uh, I just want to mention that the theme of that, again, was fanning the flame of revival. Every day we were teaching on revival. The students were, they can pray like you wouldn't believe. I haven't seen people pray like that. And uh, they are really trusting God that this year is going to be a year set on fire with the revival of the Lord as they go out and serve the Lord. And so join us in prayer. I've already shared how I preached on that. And uh, I would like to turn it over to Luke. And uh, why don't you give a message now, okay? Okay. Amen. I'll give a message now. Thank you, Grandpa. I'll, thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you, Grandpa. God is doing wonderful things uh, around the world. And I hope you're encouraged so far just hearing the stories seeing the pictures, seeing the lives that were impacted the last few weeks. God is so good. But I also wanted to bring the word today uh, for you so that you're encouraged here at home because God is doing a good work here in our lives, in our church. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, if you're ready to receive the word, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We'll be taking a look at verses 14 through 16. Matthew chapter 5. My title of my message today is Be a Light. Be a Light. In Matthew chapter 5, I'll be reading from the New Century Version. Um, it might be a little different, but we'll start in verse 14, and we'll go through verse 16. You are the light 
that gives light to the world. A city that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. And people don't hide a light under a bowl. They put it on a lampstand so the light shines for all the people in the house. In the same way, you should be a light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do and will praise your Father in heaven. I want to read verse 16 one more time, and it will be on the screen in the New Century Version for those um, that want to look there. But I'll read it one more time. Matthew 5, verse 16. I love how the New Century Version puts it. In the same way, you should be a light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do and will praise your Father in heaven. That is the word of the Lord this morning. That's what God's been placed on my heart. And I'm going to start off with a question. How many of you want to be lights in this world? How many of you want to be lights? Let me see all the lights. Amen. Now, whether you raised your hand or not, I have a revelation for you this morning. Matthew 5, 14 says you are the light. It's not a question of if you want to be a light. If you got Jesus living inside of you, if you have that relationship with God, it is inevitable that you are a light in this world. And in this world of darkness and with everything that's going on today, I believe that light is needed more than ever. I think our dark world is desperate for us, a source of hope, a source of light that is found in Jesus alone. So today, I just want to start off by saying you are a light. The question is not if you are a light, but where are you going to shine? And the purpose of this message and where I have drawn these ideas and God has just put it on my heart, it it's all started with a story that I'm bringing from India. There was a man that I was working with in the Royal Trinity School. And I, by the way, I put this story in the Bible blog if you want to read it for later. Um, and I've also posted it online, so you might have seen it on Facebook. But this, is, this just story really hit me when it happened. Uh, this man that I was working with was not Christian. He was Hindu. And actually, I'll, I'll put his picture on the screen. There's a picture of one of the teachers that's a part of the church, and then the man that I was working with. Uh, they actually gave me that outfit as a, as a gift for my work that week, and it was just a really good time. But Tuesday, uh, the day that I was there, uh, I brought skateboards for the kids. So I wanted the kids to try the skateboards, and that was, that was crazy, because some of them could get it for a little bit, and then almost all of them landed on their butts, and it just fell back, and we laughed, and we had a good time. And then I, I, I made a little competition out of it. I brought two skateboards, so I said, if anybody wants to race me across the room to the other side of the wall, I'll give them a piece of candy. So now everybody's getting excited. And everybody's trying to race me, and let me tell you again, nobody beat me, so nobody got candy. But I still gave them candy anyway, because I love those guys. And so uh, it was a really fun time. And at the end of the day, I had to leave, and, and so they gave me back the skateboards. And I said, no, 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 do you guys want the skateboards? Would you like it if I gave you the skateboards? And they got crazy, they got so excited. So I said, I will donate the skateboards to the sports department of the school. And this man is actually the head of the department for sports. And so I gave it to him, and he was just so overjoyed. Over two skateboards. I couldn't believe what God was doing. And we, we took a picture, actually. The next slide is a picture of us. 
um, with the skateboards. So they're holding it up. They're very, they're very excited. Um, and the man's standing next to me, and he was so thankful. He kept saying, thank you, sir. His English was kind of broken, but he knew to say thank you. He kept saying, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And so I kept saying, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. And at the end, I, I turned to leave. And I hear him call out to me. He says, God bless you, sir. Um, I couldn't believe what I heard. So I turned around. I said, what did you say? He said, God bless you, sir. And so I turned around, looked him in the eye, and I said, God bless you too, sir. And I went on my way. And that encounter is just so humbling to see what God can do uh, just through me. And it's amazing to think what God can do through all of us. We are the light to this world. This, this man um, actually uh, came up to me a couple more times during the week, and he, he asked me to pray for him one day, so I prayed for him to feel better. The next day he got better. It was amazing. Um, and then he, every day we would end the conversation with, all right, sir, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. A Hindu man who doesn't necessarily believe in our God was saying, God bless you. And that's, that's what I want in everything I do. When people see what I do, I don't want them to see me. I don't want them to say, praise you, Luke. Thank you for all you are. I want them to say, thank God. God bless you. They, he recognized that I was here in India for a purpose that was beyond myself. I wanted to bless and love on the people of India because God sent me. And he recognized that. And in everything I do, I want the praise and the honor to go back to God. Because he's the one who's given me the strength and the ability to do these things in the first place. So the praise and honor belongs to him alone. But sometimes it's nice to get recognition. It's not what we do it for, but it's nice to know that we're making an impact. And so this morning, I want to take a moment and say thank you to every individual here for what you do, for the lives that you touch every single day in your family, in your work, wherever you find yourself, in your communities, in your spheres of influence. I say thank you. Thank you for being a light to this world because only heaven knows the full impact you are making here on earth. Only heaven knows. You don't know who's always watching, but you're always a light to the people around you. So thank you for what you're doing. And again, it's, it's not about the recognition because the only recognition I need for my life is actually not in this life. At the end of my life, the only recognition I need is to hear from my Heavenly Father, well done, good and faithful servant. That's all I need. That's all I'm living for. That's the only approval I need in my life. I don't care if people like me because I know my Heavenly Father loves me. And I'm going to do what He's called me to do in this life. And I'm going to be a light wherever I go. And you can't stop me. I want, to share, I want to share a couple more stories with you to encourage you this morning and talk about this verse of being a light. I work at a YMCA, uh, the Ladoff YMCA on Des Plaines on Northwest Highway. I've been working there for three years, and I love it there. Uh, I have the greatest boss I've ever had there, and I love her because she not only lets me go 
to India and Honduras for a month off and come back and still have a job. She gave me frisbees and school supplies and everything else to give to these kids. So I, I love my boss. If she's watching online, you know, she's awesome. I have the best coworkers and, uh, and staff at the Y to work alongside me in childcare. And uh, I love working with children, so I love, I love my job at the Y. But there's a, there's a youth program room in, at the YMCA where we go for breaks, and it's where we kind of hang out and chill. So it's a, it's a good time. And there was one day that I was there. It was me and a co-worker named Bree and another guy that was there, Matt. But the story's really between me and Bree. But uh, they're great co-workers. I really like them. And uh, I was just eating my uh, meal, my dinner before uh, activities, and I got a phone call from a friend in high school. And this friend wanted to talk to me about a, a mission outreach he wanted to be a part of, and he wanted me to pray for him and encourage him. And so I just, I just prayed for him. It was a really good conversation. And it's one of those phone calls you get off the phone and you're like, wow, that was a good phone call. And so I was just able to encourage him, pray for him on the phone in front of the coworkers. And uh, I got off the phone, and I went back to eating, and Bree's looking at me. And I, I said, hey, what's up? And she said, she said, and I'll never forget these words. She said, Luke, are you trying to be like Jesus or something? <laughs> I kid you not. She, I know she was joking, but she said, Luke, are you trying to be like Jesus or something? Yes, I, I am. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Um, I, I, I can't, I don't remember exactly what I said. I know both of those are, those, both of those coworkers are not following the Lord. So just for them to say that, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. And all those years of doing the right thing and, and trying to smile, when I get into work, I try to smile, talk to the ladies behind the front desk and just make someone's day when I'm there. I'm just trying to be a light. And all those years of wondering if I was making a difference kind of um, happened right there where she said, are you trying to be like Jesus? I don't really remember what I responded. I think I said, yes, I am. I, I try, but I don't always match up to Jesus. He was a really good guy. <laughs> but that's what I want. I want to be mistaken for Jesus. I want to be a light and people see me. I want them to see Jesus in my actions, in my words, and in my love to other people. I want them to see Jesus, the light of Jesus. Because the verse doesn't say they'll hear your good words and praise your Father in heaven. It's the lives that we live, is, that's the greatest testimony to this world. We can, we can talk all we want, but until we practice what we preach, we're not really witnessing like we should. We're not being Jesus in the light of the world. And I want to share one more story. Um, this happened right when I got back from India. Um, there's this, there's this lady that works at the Y. She's a cleaning lady. Her name's Maria. She is so, so sweet, and she always calls me honey. And uh, she'll, she'll, she walked up to me, and, and she said, honey, where have you been? And I said, I can't do the accent. I shouldn't try. She said, honey, where have you been? And I said, Maria, um, I, was in, um, I was in India. I was in Honduras telling people about Jesus. And Maria is a Christian, and I, I remember the day we found out She's like, oh, you're a Christian too? And she got so excited. And she's like, isn't God so good? I'm like, yeah, God's so good. And it was just, it was just those great conversations with Maria. I'll never, I'll never forget. They're just so good. And this conversation uh, is just perfect for uh, this message here. 
she, uh, she said, oh, that's good. You went to India. You went to Honduras. And she said, you do what they call the, uh, she was trying to think of a word, and she was trying to think of missions. And so I said, yeah, I do the missions. I go to India and Honduras. I tell people about Jesus. I do the missions. And she said, that's good, honey. You, you know I do the, 